Hey church, how are you? Hopefully you've had an amazing week and it is so good to see you yet again coming into your living rooms and wherever you are watching this service from. If you're joining us for the first time, it is so good to have you with us. My name is Dan, my wife Hannah and I get to be the lead pastors of this church, C3 Corumban, an amazing church that's right now reshaping and molding. We're, we're online, we're gathering in sozo groups, we're doing life together and it's great to have you with us today. We'd love to connect with you more. Today we're going to be launching a preaching series called White Fields. And something that's important to me and something that's big, it's one of our third, uh, sorry, one of our three focuses this year. Remember our focus at the start of the year was we pray to be empowered by His Spirit to take His love, God's love, to our world. And I want to speak about that, taking God's love to our world. And that's this series is all about that white Fields. It comes out of a verse in John chapter 4, verse 35, and it's just at the end of this passage where Jesus has, has been chatting to a Samaritan woman. And he shouldn't have been chatting to her. Culturally, he's a Jewish man. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. And here we see a woman who's, who's been married five times, who's now living with a guy. Scripture says she's not even married to. She's coming to get water in the middle of the day. So some you know, scholars will actually say that she was an outcast and, and wasn't hanging with the other women in the town. And she's a Samaritan. The Samaritans didn't mix with Jew. And so this is in a crazy situation where, where Jesus, a Jewish male teacher, is having a conversation and hanging out with this woman and th this they had this amazing conversation that leads to this woman's revelation and salvation, if you will, where she sees that Jesus is the Messiah. And the disciples then come back. And in verse, I think it's 27 of John chapter 4, it says they were disgruntled. They couldn't believe that Jesus was talking to this woman. And, and I love it so much because Jesus goes out of his way to correct them, not apologize chatting to her. He wanted to correct them. They had gotten into a way of thinking that salvation was for these people. Salvation should be taken to these people in this way. And he has to correct their thinking. In verse 35 of still in John 4, he says, oh, lift up your eyes. Look around. The harvest is ready. It says the fields are white and they're ready for the harvest. It just takes the disciples to lift their eyes out of their, their lives, out of their mundaneness, out of their rhythms, out of their habits. Lift their eyes and look at the possibilities God is creating. People are ready to receive God's love. People were ready to receive God's love. They just had to look up and see people and see culture and see what God was doing in a new way. And that's the heartbeat of this. That's what I want us to see. Honestly, right now, I, I genuinely believe this. We are encountering uh, a moment in the church, in, in Australia especially, for the church that is so unique. It is incredible what is happening right now. And I think more than ever, people who would not call themselves Christians, who would never walk into a church building, open to the gospel. In my opinion, more than ever. Even in that, for us, C3 Grumman, in case you don't know, in this season, the last three months, three and a half months since we've been in the building and had a service and had a gathering, you need to know we've seen 
many salvations, many people reach out and say yes to Jesus and want to connect with us. People get sent free Bibles. We've had people join Sozo groups that weren't part of our church before. We've had people uh, connecting to Wednesday Words. We've had healings happening. This uh, week or a few weeks ago, we had Pastor Wendy get the all clear from cancer. She's now in remission. Hear me now, lean in. God is at work now. And it is not about, God. why doesn't God do that anymore? The more often than not, it's about you and I having to lift our eyes above our circumstance and situation and our Monday to Friday, lift our eyes and see what God is doing. And trust me when I say right now the fields are white. People are ready for your invitation to watch an online service. Oh, and it's never been easier to evangelize and take God's love to our world. We, we share a post on Facebook or Instagram. We, we share a link to our online service where this is what's been happening. Our members, we've seen some of our leaders, their family members getting saved and connecting with us in, in Canberra, in Toowoomba, in, in uh, northern New South Wales, in Sydney, in Brisbane. We are seeing People joining our church. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. See through a crumb and lift your eyes. See what God is doing in this time. It's truly amazing. God, God is at work in a unique and powerful way. And just the same way when he met with this Samaritan woman, it was a unique, new way. The disciples at first didn't know how they felt about it. And they had to embrace it. They had to embrace it because that was God's plan. He wanted to take salvation far and wide. He wanted his love to be taken to the whole world. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about us being familiar with the gospel, a gospel fluency, so we can take not only his love to the world's acts of love, I want us to take his message of love, a gospel of love to the world. And so if you will, today we're going to look at four things. And I, I want to stress at the start, this is not something that we just need to know. The gospel, you can know it, but it's something we have to catch. A few years ago, my wife and I, her dad, my father-in-law, is German, and we were going to do a big trip around Europe and spend time in Germany. And I remember I was like, all right, I'm going to learn some German before we head over there. And so I'm listening to audiobooks, listening to the, the CDs in the car, I'm listening to as much as I could. And, and to be honest, I, I got okay. <laughs> I got okay at some phrases. I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, oh, guten, guten Tag, schöner Tag, eh? Yeah, möchtest du eine Tasse Wasser? Yeah. Oh, ja, <laughs> Prost. Okay, uh, bitte, wo sind die Toiletten? Ah, neben die Aufzug, hinter die Bar. I'm getting these random verses down. I'm getting these random statements down. If you speak German, Kurt Fossil's probably laughing right now. I just said some gibberish pretty much. Where's the toilet behind the lift near this? Dot Ruben, neben die Treppens. Like, here's what, here's what I want you to know though. I was just learning random phrases. I didn't know German and it was exposed pretty clearly when I sat down at a dinner with people who only spoke German. They didn't speak English and we're sitting there trying to have a conversation. It became very evident, very quick, that I had learnt some statements in German, but I hadn't gotten German. There's a difference in knowing some statements in German and being able to sit in a table in fluency. No matter what topic comes up, no matter where the discussion goes, I can converse, I can relate in German. I, I was nowhere near that, and it showed me something, that it's not about learning a language, it's about 
being immersed in a culture. It's about being immersed in the language. I think a, a concern of mine, not just for C3 Corum, but a concern of mine for a lot of Christians I meet Australia-wide in the church and through C3, we get to meet Christians around Australia often, is that so many, um, too many people I meet know some gospel statements. But not enough people I meet have been immersed in the gospel. Immersed, not just in the language, in the culture, the heart. They live and breathe the good news of the gospel. And once again, for me, it's not something I want you to just know some statements about. It's something I really want you to be immersed in. There's, there's four things. I'm going to talk about four things. I'm going to get through them fairly quickly because, once again, it's not for you to take notes and then repeat it and regurgitate it to somewhere. But I want you to be confident in the four main aspects of the gospel. And when you hear me see through Chrome, and these are things I've preached again and again for the last five years, you're going to hear these four things. You'll be like, Dan, you always preach on that. I know. I know, I always preach on these because I'm trying to help you see it's not something to catch here, it's something to receive, it's something to be transformed by, it's something to rejoice in, it's something to rest in, it's something to keep coming back to. These four things should embody everything that brings you joy and every reason you worship. It's four simple things. They're on the back of our new Christian's card, so hopefully you got it at some point. We're going to start with number one, God makes God makes. We wholeheartedly believe that God created the world and God created mankind. God made you and I for relationship. God created the world perfect and, and he created the world. He's speaking it into being, but it was only when he created mankind in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says that he came down and he breathed his spirit into man. He put his spirit into us because he wanted a unique, close personal relationship with you and I. Now you have heard me preach on this so many times, but I need you to get it. Because if you if you know that, but you don't know that, then that means during the week you're probably barely praying. That means during the week you probably barely have any desire to worship or put worship music on. It means you probably have any desire to get to know the gospel and read the scriptures anymore because you've just, you, oh yeah, God created me for a relationship. Cool. And I want that to drop. I want you to immerse yourself in that culture. No, 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 no. The uncreated God created you for a relationship with you. Yes, you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and both of you, and you. God created you for a one-on-one -on -one relationship. That should just blow you away. I don't pray because I'm a shopping list or I'm religious. I pray to talk to my creator God who wants a relationship with me. I read the Bible because I want to get to know him more. I worship as an overflow of everything he's done and everything he's doing in me. God created the world for that relationship. It's a beautiful thing. We see it again and again and again. Remember when um, the Israelites were in Egypt as slaves for over 400 years. And he sets them free. There's the 10 plagues. If you're not familiar with scripture, you'll remember that, you know, Moses and the 10 plagues and let my people go, that whole thing. They come out and when they meet on Mount Sinai, uh, when Moses is there, Exodus chapter 19 verse 4 reveals something very powerful. Exodus 19.4. It says, Behold, I bore you on eagles' wings, and catch this, I brought you to myself. Sometimes we think that the goal God had of setting them free from Egypt was just to get them to the promised land, was to get them to Canaan. 
Please know, please be convinced that the goal was not a destination. The goal was a relationship. He's like, you'll be my people and I'll be your God. Like, that's what the goal of this is. It's relationship. And when, when Jesus came down, he died for us. He lived that life and he died on the cross and he rose again. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 tells us clearly why he did that. It wasn't just to pay a price to someone. It wasn't just to have his own people. He wanted to bring us to God. It says that the God died once, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Relationship, God makes. God makes, God made us for relationship. You need to know that. That's a big part of us knowing the gospel message. The so number two, and you guys will know this too, man breaks. Wanted to be a bit of a rhyme there. I'm kind of creative. Anyway, no, just kidding. Uh, man breaks. Sin destroyed that relationship. God created the world for relationship. Yet when we wanted to be our own God, we wanted to lead our own life, we wanted to rule our own life, that's what sin is. That destroyed that relationship because that relationship exists in perfect harmony when we see that the source of all joy and the source of all peace and the source of all love comes from God. But when we want to be our own God, we, we, we tear apart from Him and we try to run our own race. We try to do our own thing. And that's what sin is. Sin isn't the act. Don't think, oh, I, uh, you know, my neighbor they get drunk or they lie on their tax return or they they get they're really angry and bitter or they're jealous or they don't treat their parents right or don't don't think of actions of sin sin is a heartbeat of i want to be my own god i want to rule my life i want to do what i want when i want so number two is man breaks and sin sin destroyed that relationship romans chapter 3 verse 23 says and the wages of sin what sin deserves is death the wages of sin is death. Sorry, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. And we need to know that. What, what does sin deserve? It's death. And it says in, in Genesis chapter 20, Genesis, sorry, chapter 2, verse 17. Once again at the start, so God created the world perfect. He said, hey, but if you eat of that tree, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Now we read in Genesis 3, when they ate of the tree, we know, right? They didn't physically die. But what happened was their relationship with God died. It was destroyed. It was torn apart. And that is what is meant in Romans chapter 5. I know a few of you sit there with notepads taking notes. So that's the only reason I do lots of uh, scriptures. Otherwise, no, I don't want to do too many. But the manifest, what happened there is fleshed out in Romans 5 verse 12 to 20. You're going to read a lot about what happened in the Genesis account. In verse 12, it says, So as Adam sinned, as that one man sinned, death entered the world and death. Death spread to all mankind. Adam didn't die, but something in him died. That relationship with God that we were created for, that died. That's what that's the, the result and the fruit of sin. It brings death. So the third thing, first thing is God makes. Second thing is man breaks. Third thing is Jesus redeems. You need to know that. We, we, we sing about it every week. We preach about it every week. If you've seen any of our messages, I, I have a high Christology. I'm going to preach about Jesus every single message till the day I die. He redeemed us. He restored us. The goal of him fulfilling the law, the goal of him dying a sinner's death, but while sin free, the goal of him being resurrected, the goal was to bring us to God. Like I just said before in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 18, he died, the just for the unjust, 
that he might bring us to God. The goal was the reconciliation to bring us back to a relationship with God. Jesus redeems, Jesus restores, Jesus mends, Jesus heals that relationship. And that's why in Romans 8, 13, 14, 15, it says when we receive Jesus, when we receive him, when we believe in him and we receive his spirit, it says that now we receive the spirit of adoption at the same time. Now, yet again, we can call God Father. It says the spirit in us cries out, Abba, Father. That happens because Jesus mended what sin destroyed. Jesus conquered sin and death. Romans 8.1, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What? He restored that. He redeems that. The third part of the gospel you need to get. So it's not just Jesus loves you and he died on the cross. Okay. Tim Keller says it this way. In, in, once again, you know I love Tim Keller. He says, you can never appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. And so the, it's not wrong to say the gospel is Jesus died and rose again. That's not wrong. It's just, I want to help you see why is it such good news? Well, God created us a perfect relationship, number one. But then sin destroyed that and we still have sin in us. And once again, it's not an action. It's I want to be my own God. Sin destroyed that. And so then Jesus redeemed. Jesus, that's why we, we celebrate, we call ourselves Christians, followers of Christ. He redeemed it. He restored it. He mended it. And through faith in him, we can have relationship with the Father in heaven. And the fourth thing, I think it's beautiful. The last thing, I, we speak on this often, it's our focus as well this year. And the Holy Spirit fills us and sends us. Often in scripture, and we spoke on this a lot more the last few weeks. If you missed it, jump on the YouTube channel. You can see our messages there. We spoke about at a moment someone gives their life to Jesus or gets to a point where they believe and have faith that he is the one true God. What the Bible calls that is being born of the Spirit or made alive of the Spirit. That, what we believe, is the moment the Holy Spirit changes you, transforms you, and fills you is called salvation. And so that is what it is. When the Holy Spirit fills you, that's what makes you a child of God. That is how you believe in Jesus is because the Holy Spirit filled you and changed you. But he doesn't just fill you and change you so you can sit here and listen to worship and sing worship. He fills us so, we, yes, we can do that, but also he sends us into the world. And that's our focus this year. We pray to be empowered by his Spirit to take his love to the world. I'm going to speak on that more next week on Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That is the final thing to get that through the Holy Spirit, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit as a promise that one day we will go to heaven and be with him for eternity. If you ever doubt your salvation, if you are doubting right now that you're a child of God, just, just be aware, just think, is there ever a longing for me to to talk to him, number one. Do I ever think, oh man, what, what, if, what if God isn't here anymore? What if God isn't there? Well, that's something called conviction. <laughs> and that's a sign you still have the Holy Spirit. That's a sign that you're like, I shouldn't be living my life for myself. I want to live for Jesus. That's a sign you have the Holy Spirit. It's a desire to live for God. He's given you that desire. And that's the final thing that's key because not only are we looking back at the beautiful things Jesus did for us on the cross, we're rejoicing in that today, but we're empowered by His Spirit to take that message to our world. They're the four things, and that's what I want you to lift your eyes and see the fields are white right now. People are ready to receive the gospel, and you don't need to know it perfectly, but they're just four things that I know most of our church, I know if you're watching, you've gotten that.
Every one of those four points, as I was saying, you were rejoicing. You were like, yes, God, yes. It's a sign to me that you don't just know it, but it's here. And that's what our world needs. God makes, man breaks, Jesus redeems, the Holy Spirit fills us and sends us. And if you've been watching this, maybe for the first time, and you've never heard, you've never heard that you were created for a one-on-one relationship with God. You never knew that you getting to rule your own life and lead your own life and control your own life, that was the very thing that was pulling you away from God. And he's calling you not to be some kind of dictator, but instead he's calling you to surrender your life to him because that is where true joy is. I can promise you that. I've lived for God my whole life. That is where true peace is. That is where true love is, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. And the thing I, I hope and pray you heard loudest and clearest today was that you don't have to become a religious person and you don't have to give before God loves you or serve before God loves you or clean yourself up before God loves you right now. You are loved. And all you got to do is cry to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you. I love you. I want you in my heart, in my life.